So if the lamp isn't burning, the Lord won't be speaking. Is again the symbolic here in this. It's the basic teaching we need to do. Pray, study the word, tell others about Jesus. Pray, study the word, and tell others about Jesus. That's how it works. These are the basic things in the lives of every single believer. Every believer, not just some. And, and just because you say you don't have the gift of evangelism doesn't mean that this still isn't part of your task. Pray, study the word, and tell people about Jesus. God has blessed all of us with certain strengths that make us well-suited to minister in the ways He calls us to. Sometimes we might take those special gifts and use them as an excuse to avoid doing things that we aren't as gifted in. As Pastor Mark explains in today's message, there are certain aspects of the Christian life that are common to all believers. All of us need to be diligently studying the Word, spending time in prayer, and sharing the Gospel with others. Even if we struggle to understand Scripture, our prayers feel weak or we struggle to talk with others, He will equip us as we commit to living in His will. Well, let's open our Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 3 and join Pastor Mark with today's edition of Come Alive. When I was reading over 1 Samuel chapter 3, I was thinking about it that the Christian witness is always a generation away from extinction when you think about it. We're always one generation away from extinction because if we don't train up that next generation, what happens to Christianity is that it will go extinct. We should pray and plan and be committed to the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ. And if we don't, then well, you know, that relationship with God will just become extinct. And that's the lesson that we kind of learn today. If you look at um, 1 Samuel 3, it says, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at that time, while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun, began to grow dim, that he could not see. And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here I am. Let's stop right there and take a look at these verses. If you're taking notes, check out three things. I want you to write down three things, and that would be the timing, the task, and the tragedy. The timing, the task, and the tragedy. Why? Well, are we wondering why? You know, that, that we're, we're talking about this stuff. Have you ever noticed that when you want to say something to someone and they don't want to listen? Have you ever, ever been in one of those conversations where you're talking to somebody and you're talking to them and you're like, okay, so now this is, and then all of a sudden they're looking at you in the face and then it's like, and they just kind of wander away and they don't even really come back or they just stop you and start telling you something completely different. If you've ever been in a situation like that and ever noticed that when you're saying something to someone and they don't really want to listen, they kind of look away or they get into their own head. Maybe they're tired and you want to share your heart with them and they turn away and begin doing, and begin doing something else, looking at someone else 
or you don't, you know, at that point in time, you really don't want to share your concerns or your feelings with them anymore. You, you no longer want to speak. It makes it hard to have a conversation or to tell and share your heart with those people. But if you look at verse 3, it says in verse 3, And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, the key I want you to key in on is before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle. Because we see the task here. This is the task. And in verses 2 through 3, if you look at it, it says, And it came to pass that at that time while Eli, we're going to kind of jump around here, while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was and while Samuel was lying down. So we know that, you know, there was some people, they were resting, they were laying down. And so it would be Eli and Samuel. And so he grew weary and tired. Spiritually, he grew weary and tired. He is old and he can't see very well. And it's kind of like, oh, I can't see. I'm tired. It was a hard day ministering today. I can't move another muscle. And he yawns again. And then boom, he starts to go out. But you've got to say, if you know the word of the Lord, if you've ever read anything, you might say, wait a minute, hold up. What do you mean before the lamp of the Lord goes out? And again, like I said, turn to Exodus 27 and look at verse 20. Exodus 27, verse 20. And we're going to see where Eli's blowing it. Not only is he blowing it in regards to his sons, but he's blowing it in regards to his duties. 27, verse 20 says, And you shall command the children of Israel that they bring you pure oil of pressed olives for the light to cause the lamp to burn, Keyword in that, continually. Here we read that it's about to go out. There in Exodus we read continually it should be burning. See, there's this candlestick that has these seven branches called the menorah is what you and I know it as, and you're not supposed to let it go out. And you might wonder, well, what's the big deal? Why? Well, here's why. It, it is the representation, it's the illumination of God inside the tabernacle. You and I both know that God doesn't sleep or slumber, that he is always awake. He's always aware of what is going on. So this candle was a representation of God. So that Israelite that passes by the tabernacle at night sees the light and if he sees it out, he's going to assume that, well, you know, God's not home. He's not there. That was the principle. It was actually the light of God's truth. And if it went out, it would allow somebody to assume in those days in Old Testament times that God was asleep. He was out. He was gone. It wasn't supposed to go out. That was the Spirit speaking symbolically in the same way that you know the Old Testament temple becoming these New Testament lives when you think about that. You and I are a receptacle. You and I are a vessel of the Holy Spirit. And he, it says in the Bible that we are a temple of the Holy Spirit, that he dwells and lives in us. And, and that's the light that's supposed to shine bright. So how many of us have actually kind of, oh, I can't move another muscle. I'm a little tired. I'm going to go ahead and, you know, maybe your lamp is burning a little dim and it shouldn't. What if that light, your light does go out? Well, I point you to Matthew 25, the parable of the 10 virgins. Remember that? 
Now, you don't have to turn there. Just take your notes if you want, but you can take a look. Remember, there's five of them that keep oil in their lamp, and they're where? Those are you that have turned there. Where are those virgins at? They get invited in. But, but the other five forsake the necessary responsibility, and it is that basic task of keeping oil, and for that reason, they're not ready when he, the bridegroom, enters or returns. So it, it, it's, it's a New Testament. I mean, it, it carries over into the New Testament from the Old Testament for us, from this First Samuel chapter 3, letting that light grow dim. And so is God saying something to your heart? You know, when I was reading this, I'm like, Lord, are you saying something to me? And I began to wrestle with it and say, you know, Lord, what, what, what is it? Do I need a brighter light? Do I need more oil so it doesn't burn out? Because sometimes, you know what? It does. It's tiring. Ministry is very tiring. So why is the word of the Lord rare in this time? Well, the tasks. If you think about it, the tasks keep the lamp burning. And, and we do have tasks we were talking this morning in our leadership meeting is, you know what, sometimes without faith, right, you can't be saved. But, and it talks about works and faith working together. You can't have one without the other. You can't just have faith and say, well, I'm going to be a bright burning Christian because no, you won't. The, the tasks that take place are there. So we do. It's not a works-based faith, but it is a faith that requires us to act, be called to action, to do something, to do a task. So if the lamp isn't burning, the Lord won't be speaking. Is again the symbolic here in this. It's the basic teaching we need to do. Pray, study the word, tell others about Jesus. Pray, study the word, and tell others about Jesus. That's how it works. These are the basic things in the lives of every single believer. Every believer, not just some. And just because you say you don't have the gift of evangelism doesn't mean that this still isn't part of your task. Pray, study the Word, and tell people about Jesus. That's how you keep the fire burning, because if you're not, then the Word of the Lord will be rare, and He won't be speaking very often into your life. If you skip any of those things, you start to see that it becomes easier to skip another one of those things. So if you don't pray then all of a sudden it's easy not to read the word of the Lord. And if you're not reading the word of the Lord, then how can you get the word of the Lord to tell to someone else? Oh, well, you know, I know it from like kindergarten. I memorized all these good verses. And it's like, well, that's cool. But if you're not doing that now, keeping the oil filled so your lamp can burn, you are growing a little dim. Let me say this. Maybe there's someone here today and, and the word of the Lord has been rare in your life lately. Maybe it's been very rare. You haven't been having your quiet time. You're thinking, well, you know, I'll get it off of a radio. I'll listen to some teaching. I'll call that my quiet. That's not it. That's not quiet time. Maybe you pick up your Bible and you're not into it like you used to be. Maybe you depend on those radio messages or you depend on a friend to tell you something or you only depend on Sunday morning church or now Wednesday evenings. Well, that isn't intimate. That's not intimate. God wants you not just when you need him, but all of the time. See, God wants you not when you need him. He wants you every single day, every moment. Some will leave here today going, man, you know, God spoke today, and, and you won't hear it or you won't get it. But some people will leave here thinking, wow, God spoke to me today. I heard it. Why? Uh, well, the reason you won't hear it is because, kind of like Eli, you haven't been trimming the wick or monitoring the oil. 
You haven't been up doing the upkeep of what you need to do, and you've run out, and you find yourself in these tragic situations. Christians find themselves in tragic situations all the time. And we should never take the atmosphere and the studies and the quiet times and the prayer times and the communion for granted. Never take them for granted. Even if something you heard, it's something that you heard before, you just pray, Lord, what do you have for me in this? Give me a fresh revelation. Give me a renewed understanding. Even though I've heard this message two or three times in the last two or three years, give me a fresh revelation. Give me a renewed mind. Give me an understanding of what it is you want me to hear. We should want a perception that allows us to see as we need to see. Why? Look at verse 4. It says that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he said, I didn't call you. Lie down again. And he went to lay down. And then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. He answered, I did not call you, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and he went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did call me. And then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And now the Lord came and stood and called, as at other times, and Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant hears. Stop right there. The first three times, Samuel thinks Eli's calling him. But Eli doesn't call him. Eli doesn't even hear it. Now, here's the priest of the tabernacle who can't hear the word of the Lord. Does anybody find that strange? Well, he might not be talking to Eli. Well, he should be. He should be. You've got to ask yourself, why is he talking to a little maybe 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12-year-old boy? Why? And we'll find out why. See, Eli had the position, but he didn't have the perception. Sometimes we as Christians, we have a position, but we don't have the perception. We may be positioned in a place to talk to somebody that God's been speaking to us to talk about, but we don't have really the perception to do it because why? Well, we haven't been doing the basic tasks. We haven't been trimming the wick. We haven't been keeping the oil filled. We haven't been tapping into the power source. How does a lamp work when it's not plugged in? I've got a battery-operated one. How does a lamp work when the batteries are dead? You put new batteries in it, or you plug it in if it's an electric lamp. So Eli had position, but he didn't have the perception. One of the marks of a faithful servant of the Lord is an attentive ear. Being a faithful servant of God is having that attentive ear. The word of the Lord is rare, is what it says. And what we're told, the task is basic responsibility, keep the wick trimmed, keep the oil filled, and the tragedy is a position without perception. That would be tragic. We see, we tend to have that happen. We come into the house of God. We don't have the spiritual eyes to see or the ears to hear that someone may be hurting or needing something. And we maybe wonder why, you know, that Brian sits on a wooden box 
while we're doing worship. Why, I wonder why that guy sits on that wooden box and he just kind of hits it and it sounds like a drum. And man, I wonder, you know that little cracking sound in Eric's guitar? I wonder why that happens. And you know, I noticed the trim around the stage is kind of cracked. I bet they should use the stairs more. And all these things, we begin to wonder and wonder why all these things happen and how can a drum sound like that and why isn't there paint on the walls and you know that's what happened in Eli's life he began to just sit around and look around without really having the perception he 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 what he does in chapter 1 is tells us the answer when Hannah comes she comes and he's sitting out in front of the tabernacle he has no perception because it's kind of a rare thing some woman sitting there and her lips are moving but he's he just perceives her as drunk and she's pouring her heart out, and this guy only sees what the physical. He only sees the physical and presumes Hannah is drunk. Oh, wow, that's kind of a weird thing. But he really doesn't perceive anything, that it could be spiritual, that it, she could be praying. See, Samuel had never, ever heard God's voice. Here's this little boy that we're introduced to again and again. We keep seeing him pop up. And he, he heard God's voice. He had never heard God's voice, but he hears it this time, so he had no clue as to who was calling him. And that might happen to you. Maybe you, you, you have or are being aroused out of a spiritual slumber. Maybe you're not sure of the voice. That happens sometimes as a brand new Christian or an immature Christian. You know, I know a lot of Christians that have, oh yeah, I've been saved for 10, 15, 20 years, but they're very immature in their walk. And like, I, you know, I've never really heard the voice of the Lord like it spoke to me the other day. Or I never heard. And it's like, wow, cool, man. You're starting to tune your ears in. It took you a little while, but there's nothing wrong with time. And then they start to tune in their ears. The Lord starts to speak. Or, you know, as a brand new Christian, you'll hear, or the carnal Christian, like, I have this feeling. Again, we always got to be careful with the feelings. Or I feel very strongly about. That usually happens right before a conversion. Or when you're a baby Christian, you, have, you say those things. I, I know people that right before they get saved, they're like, man, I have this really strong feeling. And they'll tell you stuff. And you're like, wow, that's pretty, that's pretty spiritual. That might be the Lord speaking to you. That might be God talking to you. Then there is the, I have no idea what I'm reading. I, I, you know, as a Christian, I've been, uh, here it is. I have no idea what I'm reading. God must have this for someone else. And that's kind of cool. That's all awesome and all right. That can happen. Jesus had a message for the woman at the well. God had given her a message, a special revelation for him to go and talk to this woman at a well. And he presented it to her tactfully and in a caring manner. It wasn't the best message. Go get your husband. But I have five. You know, I, I don't have a husband. You're right. You have five husbands. Whoa. That might be offensive. I mean, that's not politically correct at all. But he did it tactfully. He did it lovingly. And again, maybe the Lord for some of us is speaking to us and says, hey, here's this message for somebody you might know. You might want to handle it carefully, and take it to them. But sometimes we, we don't perceive that. We might have that position to give that message, but we don't perceive it because well, we're not doing the tasks. Or we're not praying. We're not reading. We're not doing those things that we're asked to do. And so the, the message goes by way of another messenger. You miss out on watching God work and do something phenomenal in the lives of another person. And so again, prayer that God would show you, change you, and most important, whether we gather for corporate Bible study or in our quiet times, do we have expectations? Do we have expectations? 
Do we have an expectation that in my quiet time, when I gather at church for a corporate Bible study or prayer or whatever it is I gather for, do I have an expectation that God's going to speak? Do I have an expectation that today I'm going to hear from God? Or do I just show up and be like, man, I, you know, I really like 1 Samuel, and that's why I'm coming to church, just to kind of get a different bend on it. Or to see if mine's right. Or to check it out. I mean, we can't be those kind of people. Do we have expectations that God will speak to us or that we will hear a word from God, whether it be for us or for someone else? For us or for someone else? Now, you guys have heard me always say, the minute you think, oh, man, I wish so-and-so was here to hear it, that might really be for you as well. So be careful with that. But it could be that you could take that message and hand it off to someone else. I've done that before. Be like, hey man, it really spoke to my heart. And I'm driving down the road, and a buddy calls, and he's telling me something. I'm like, that's crazy. I was just listening to a message today. I was at church, and and our pastor said this. Really, man, that's amazing. Takes all the pressure and the heat off of me. That guy doesn't like it. Well, if you got a bone to pick, you can take it up between him and God. But that's just the way it is. God may have a message for you today, but do we have the ears to hear it? Are we in a position? where our perception is going to receive it and be able to either pass it on or apply it to our own lives. Look at verse 7. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. Stop right there. He did not know the Lord practically, just prophetically. Now what does that mean? Well, he knew God existed, but he never really experienced God. There's a lot of people out there that say, yeah, yeah, I believe in God. I believe there's a God. But yet, they had never really experienced God. They know the Lord practically. They just don't know him prophetically. And prophetically doesn't mean future telling of events. It means prophetic means the teaching, telling of God's word. So they may not know what God says. He never really experienced God. God never used, in, used uh, Samuel in rebuke or reproof in another man's life. God had not used him in that way. So usually after we mature and we grow a little, God speaks to our hearts little by little, and he had to mature enough so he could understand what God is going to say. And we read from when Samuel was about three to five years old, he was given to the temple. His mom, Hannah, takes him, dedicates him to the Lord, says, I'm going to lend him to the Lord, and takes off and goes home. So from this time, he, he, he learns about the Lord practically. And so now, after he grew, he matures a little bit. Here, here comes God, and, they, and most scholars say he's about 12 years old. He's a young kid. And remember last week we looked at what he was wearing, an ephod. That was priest clothing. That was how you would identify somebody. I mean, when you go to McDonald's, they have a uniform. Every book in the Bible holds meaning for us, even in our modern times. In 1 Samuel, for example, Pastor Mark has been teaching us about the power and sovereignty of God. Our Creator does what He needs to in order to accomplish His tasks, regardless of our involvement. How much better would it be, though, if we did step into God's plan for His world? God wants to use each of us to do incredible things for the kingdom. All we need to do is be willing. We're so glad you tuned in today to learn from 1 Samuel. And we'd like to encourage you to keep reading ahead. You'll learn a lot as you discover God for yourself. Another good place to hear and study the Word is in a church setting. Here's Tracy with a little more about what being in the body of Christ can mean for you. 
Joining a church is more than just showing up for a Sunday morning service. It's getting to know the people you're worshiping with. As the church body grows together in the love and teaching of God's Word, it will become a powerful and effective witness for Christ within its walls and beyond. If you're near Katy, Texas, we'd love to meet you Sunday at 10 a.m. at Calvary Katy. Visit comealiveradio.com to find out more and get directions. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast as well to keep up with the latest editions of Come Alive. You can find it on Google Play or iTunes. Thanks for tuning in today to Come Alive.